Hey everybody, I'm Mike Westendorf. I'm the host of Great Questions, Great Conversations, and we just want to thank you for listening to these podcasts over the last uh, several months. It's been a joy to do these, many of them with Pastor Pete Panitsky. Uh, today's episode is actually part of a follow-up interview that I did with author Hannah Schirmerhorn. Uh, she was the keynote speaker for our Awaken Alive event uh, that was this past June, and we've been kind of tackling the, the topic of disappointment. And as we uh, wanted to put out a little bit more um, uh, instruction and small group materials for some of our Awaken Alive participants, I thought that the interview was uh, striking and very helpful. And so we wanted to include this in this week's Great Questions, Great Conversations. And, and the basically the, the question is going to be, um, how do we manage disappointment within community? And then secondly, how can disappointment fuel our Christian witness? And uh, it's just neat to be able to hear some of this story from a young woman who has been really blessed by God on a pretty challenging journey in the early part of her uh, adult life and uh, a lot of the lessons that she took. So I hope that this conversation will be helpful to you. If you have been in a place where you've been struggling with disappointment, here is our conversation. Hi, everybody. I am Mike Westendorf. I'm the director of Awake and Alive. And as promised, after our one-day event, uh, we said that we would be talking with Hannah Shermerhorn again uh, about uh, her book, uh, Only a Single Life to Live. So I just want to welcome you back, Hannah. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for your time uh, with us here this past June. Um, you are you are a blessing, and uh, I appreciate the vulnerability that you shared. A number of people had said that. I know to me, you'd mentioned it to you too, but just being able to share part of your story mm -hmm. and um, and how God is working through disappointments. Yeah. And so for all of you who are listening, we, we said that um, as part of this, uh, we wanted to be able to have a next step. Uh, to be able to have Hannah talk about a few more of the topics that we didn't have a chance to get to. Yeah. And so we were talking a little bit off air, and I, I like two of them that we're going to spend a little bit of time with. And for all of you who are listening, um, our challenge to you is uh, listen intently. Um, uh, your situation obviously is not mine, it's not Hannah's, but it's disappointment is something that we can all relate to. So as we talk about these topics, uh, maybe jot down some uh, mm-hmm, ah, mm, oh, <laughs> amen moments. Write those down. Uh, my, my kids, when they were younger, they would, they would go like this, mm, <laughs> mm. And like any time I heard that, like, it's like everybody's like starting to This is good, yeah, right. yeah. So if you hear those moments, somebody in your group just go, mm, out loud and just clue everybody in like you should write that down. Um, and then... Uh, uh, We'll have a couple of conversation and uh, starters questions for you after you watch the video uh, to maybe just guide some additional conversation uh, as you take in this and make it your own. So, Hannah, let's talk a little bit more. Just uh, 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 maybe just talk a little bit about disappointment. How do you define disappointment so that as we talk about 
wrestling with this, um, that we're all on the same page. How do you de define yeah, this? Yeah, I think disappointment is when you have expectations for something and you know they're right here and then you have reality and <laughs> it looks very different or it's very far down from what that is. And then what you have in between is this disappointment of, you know, things aren't what I expected and I wanted them to be here, but they're down here. So I'm feeling all these bad things because it's not what I wanted it to be. Yeah, uh, another author, Brene Brown, talks about the idea that uh, disappointment comes from unmet expectations mm -hmm. and then she she put down the thing that was the aha and I've now shared this for the last 10 years but um, most of our our um, expectations begin as like these sneaky stealthy assumptions yeah like assuming something becomes an expectation and like we're n we don't even recognize it went from well I'm assuming to I'm expecting and now we're standing in the gap of this disappointment. We're like, what? What is this? Yes. Yes. So hopefully that ha that helps. Um, one of the things that you didn't have a chance to talk about was this idea of processing disappointment. Mm-hmm within community. So I'd, I'd like to turn you loose on that topic. Yeah, so... And any stories that you have Yeah, sounds good. Um, so for me, I think that I went through, you know, all these hard things of breaking off an engagement and having health issues and family stuff and all that kind of thing that was going on. And for a long time, I just carried that with me. And when I'd meet people, I, like, wouldn't know what to talk about because I'd be like, these are all these terrible things that just happened to me. And I can't just bring them up in a conversation and be like, oh, this is how my day is going. <laughs> Let me be honest with you. Do you really want to know how Yeah, I'm yeah, exactly. So it's like... So did you just do the... I'm fine. I, I mean, you have a very nice smile. Yes, I did. I'm fine. But what I did in that period of my life was I tried to make conversations as much about the other person so that they wouldn't ask me any questions. Oh. So I just find like, here's what's going on in your life. Keep telling me more. Keep telling me more. And then if they'd start asking me questions, it's like, no, let's view that back toward you. And I'm not going to say anything. So that was kind of my way of protecting from talking about all those hard things that were going on in my life, which was kind of interesting. Do you think that was healthy? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it helps when you're dealing maybe with coworkers or something, you know, where you're like, I don't want to share all this. Yeah. And it makes sense in certain scenarios. But I think when you have friends or family who genuinely care and you're just like, nope, I'm just going to bounce this off. I'm going to bounce this off. Then that's not the greatest thing. Uh, so what I found is I joined a small group Bible study eventually. And that was maybe about a year, year and a half after I went through everything, maybe a little bit more from that. A year, year and a half before. A or after everything uh, after happened. Everything. Yep. Mm -hmm. okay. So for kind of that period in between, it was just like, I don't know what to do. But then I joined the small group Bible study. And one of the first weeks, we just shared our stories of, you know, how we became Christian or if we're a Christian our whole lives, things like that, and how we kind of got to the place that we were in our lives right at that moment, how we got to the Bible study, all of our beliefs, all of the things that influenced us. And it was funny because people kind of go around and the first person goes and they tell details and then the next person gets deeper and deeper yeah. and deeper and deeper. And then sometimes the first person's like, I need to go again and I need to share <laughs> <laughs> because I did not do justice as everyone else is doing to their story. So I got into that environment and that was the first time that I honestly just shared with a whole bunch of strangers, no one I knew. And it's like, this is what I've been going through. You know, these are all my struggles. And it was incredible to see what the feedback was for that and people just caring about my story, not knowing anything else about me and immediately, you know, reaching out, saying that they care, that God's with me. And then 
becoming my friend and checking in on me of, okay, you're going through this and we know it's really hard. So, you know, how are you doing today? What can we do to help you? Things like that. So that was so huge in my healing, having that Christian community and that Christian support so that I could see that, you know, I'm going through all these things, but these people can kind of point me to what God would say to me, what God is doing for me, all of those things. And instead of just this battle in my mind where it gets so scary and so dark, I have this outward thing where, you know, other people are like, no, this is okay. And let's work through this. You're not alone in it. And I mean, it was just amazing what my Christian community could do for me. So I think that's huge when it comes to disappointment. God says that we should carry each other's burdens and there's no better way than to do that with disappointment. I'm kind of curious, in that year and a half, everything blows up to finding this opportunity to be able to share your story and to be able to actually talk about what's going on inside. Yeah. What was that version of yourself longing for before you found that community? What did, did you get a sense that you were longing for that or could, could, are you able to describe that? Yeah, I think that one of the big things was trying to find people who had gone through something similar to me or understood it. Because when I broke off an engagement, all my friends were getting married, you know, so it was just a very Can't opposite. Talk to you guys. Yeah, like they're all very understanding, but it was like, no, you don't know the depths of what's going on, or, you know, just some of the outside things of like how lonely it is to not have that person, things like that. So I think for me, I just wanted understanding from people around me and not understanding of, oh, you're single and you're sad, let's set you up. But oh, you're single, you just went through this, and here's the things you're feeling, here's similar things I felt. Um, I know for me, just connecting on trauma, people have gone through different traumas was really helpful to me, and none of our traumas were the same, but just saying like, oh, you've gone through this, and you've had to do work on yourself because of this, and this is the point you've reached and how you got there. Okay, now you can teach me. That was so, so helpful to me. So I think what I was really longing for was understanding and just having someone in my court who's like, I've been through something similar or I'm at least willing to understand what you're going through and try to help you through it. What were, if you could describe an understanding person, what are the characteristics of a of the person who was most helpful to you in that season? Yeah, I think one of my friends who is one of my best friends today, she, her and her husband actually both were very just really great listeners and as I said at the time a lot of times I try to deflect so I wouldn't have to talk about myself and what I was going through but they I feel like could tell that I would do that so they would be insistent on no what's going on with you what's happening there so I think every time I'd meet with them they would just really care about what's going on in your life you know what are you excited about what can we cheer you on for and what good things can we focus on in your life so that you're excited about those things you're not just focusing on the negative so there's a lot of that and then also just sharing tips of like counseling and different Bible passages and things like that. But really, instead of just like projecting their own hardships or issues onto what I was experiencing, they were seeing, oh, this is what you're experiencing and we're going to live through you with this and understand how it was for you in the past, even though we weren't there. And truly like getting to that point by asking questions. That was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I like that. Get to that point by asking questions. Yeah, and just lots of listening. I mean, that's why God says, you know, <laughs> tells us we should be listening instead of speaking all the time. Yes, yes, exactly. That's good. <clears throat> you know, I can't can't help but, you know, 
think, and we've talked about this before too, that, that this book, um, while you're writing it as a younger person, enduring the singleness of broken engagement, there are many people who have gone through the loss of a marriage, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whether it's through divorce or through death. Um, there are some people who are living in a marriage right now that are very lonely yeah. uh, because these distances are there and you feel very single. Um, and so the, the longing for intimacy. Somebody gave me that, 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 uh, that definition, into me see. Oh, that's good. Into me, see. Yes. That that's what we're we're longing to, we're, we're longing to be fully known. Yes. And yet we are longing to be in a relationship in which we fully know. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's the beauty of 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 what God designed before the fall. Yeah. Sin gets in and, and gets a mess with. But when you see beautiful relationships, or if you have them, whether they're friendships, uh, or it might be a spouse relationship. Um, the deepest connectedness you have is when this, this uh, quite frankly, when it's the spiritual, emotional, physical, uh, sexual intimacy, when those things happen, you get a glimpse of what it's like to be fully loved. Mm -hmm. Just a glimpse. Yeah. An imperfect one at that, but you just start to get a, a picture. Why did God protect marriage and protect sexuality and protect intimacy? Um, because we were made for it. Yeah. But when we don't have it, when, it, when the... I assumed it was going to keep going this way, and then all of a sudden it's broken. There's this just huge hole mm -hmm. and intimacy. And so I really appreciate you sharing what does it mean. I was going to ask you, what's it, what does it mean to be a great listener? Yeah. But you defined that quite well for us. Um, so uh, if, there is a, uh, if there's a question that you would want the, the viewers, listeners to, um, to consider, what would, you what would you have them think about? I, on this topic. On this topic, I think two things. I'm going to cheat by picking two. No, go for it. I feel like the first thing is who in your life can you connect with more and be more vulnerable with and be able to share those things of what you're going through in an authentic way where, you know, there's not judgment and you can trust them. And I think a lot of times we have those people, but we're too afraid to share with them. I know for me that's happened a few times where you know, you go months, years, and then you finally tell someone what you're going through, and it's like, man, like, they're totally accepting me for what's going on, and it's totally fine. So I think that's the first thing I would think about is who can I share with what I'm going through? And then I think the second thing is how can I also be a good listener and be that person for someone else? So maybe you know someone who's going through something, and maybe you can just reach out to them and say, you know, I'm here for you, and I'm ready to listen and understand what you're going through. Or if there is someone, I know I've had experiences, and my husband has too, where they're like, oh, I was always friends with you, and you weren't very judgmental, so now I'm ready to tell you this stuff um, and, and connect on this stuff. So I think just how can you be a person where people can come to you and be willing to share stuff and you're going to help them. You're not going to judge them. You're going to be able to show God's love to them. Just working on that is a great thing always. I think it's really important. I just want to affirm that, that we stand in the tension of those two, you know, who are the people that you can talk to? Um, and yet how can you be that person for somebody else? Mm -hmm. um, I think you're in danger if, if you try to be only one. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because then we start to move into the victim space. Yes. And that, that will not help your healing, that will not help you move forward. Or we get to the avoidance space, which is what you were, you were sitting for a, a time yes. until your friends really insisted that you tell your story. Mm -hmm. And in the balance of that is where 
uh, some really neat things come. Um, how now? I, we could say this about the secular world too. Yeah. Um, what role does your Christian faith have in res- being restored from the disappointment uh, when it comes to this idea of intimacy and creating and crafting community? Why? Why are we suggesting, other than Awaken Alive as a Christian organization, but, <laughs> well, why are we, why are we suggesting that that um, the Bible, God's Word, is at the foundation of this? Yeah, I I know for me, there's no way I could have healed without the Bible and without God's Word because if you're going through disappointment and you don't have God in there, it's like this could just happen forever. All these disappointments are meaningless. Who knows why they happened? What's going on? But having disappointment with God in sight is God has my life under control. He knows what's going to happen to me. He promises he's working everything out for good. So he loves me so much that for some reason he's allowing me to go through this and I just need to trust him through it. If I didn't have that, I I don't know how I would have gotten through anything without being like, okay, God has a plan and I clearly don't like this plan right now, <laughs> is how I felt. I mean, now on the other side of it, it's like, wow, that was fantastic. But in the moment, it's not that way. But being able to see that and then trust God in that is, I mean, that's the only way I could heal. I couldn't have done it without that. Yeah. God gives <coughs> meaning to my disappointment. That disappointment, when you're talking from a Christian context, they come with a promise. And so what are the promises of God that you might consider? Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of uh, topic number one that mm-hmm. we wanted to grab. But the other one that uh, I'm also excited to just chat a little bit about, um, I mean, you have a book out of this, but <laughs> how does disappointment fuel our Christian witness? Yeah, this has been very big for me. I like this one. Um, so what I've seen is that, you know, it's not just Christians who are going through disappointments. It's everyone in the entire world. And whatever you're experiencing, other people have experienced, whether they're Christian or not. So an easy way to really connect with people is through those disappointments. And it's a harder thing to start talking about, but when you talk to people about your disappointments and they've gone through a similar thing, you're just instantly creating such a deep connection because it's like, I get it. I've, I've been through this too. And, you know, not everyone understands that, but it creates such a bond. So what I've seen is, you know, I've talked about, okay, I broke off this engagement and all these things were terrible. And I've had friends go through similar things. Yeah. I've had friends call me and be like, you told me about this years ago. And like the similar thing is happening to me and they're not Christian friends, but they've seen how I've gone through you know, breaking off an engagement and then how I've gotten to basically where I am today and how I kind of healed from all of those things and how I've moved forward from those things. So when they're calling me, they're like, I'm going through the same thing. How did you deal with this? And that is such a great way to share God with them and be like, no, I couldn't have gotten through this without God, but here's the things that helped me. And maybe it's just the little baby steps of like, here's a Bible passage that helps me. Let's start there. Um, You know, and it doesn't have to be come to church with me and do all these things with me immediately. But I've seen that, you know, that's been really impactful and it's not something that happens overnight or anything like that. But just being able to share, you know, I've been through this similar disappointment and this is what helps me. Here's a couple of things that helped me. And they're all because of God. And, you know, just seeing people kind of start to think about that, especially where they're in that dark place can be really cool to see. How long did it take you to, uh, <clears throat> to connect those dots? I think it was probably a few years. I remember I was flying on a plane um, for work and I was sitting next to this lady and she had just um, had her husband pass away and she, you know, had 
lived a life where she had children, she was married, everything like that, and she was like, so I need to get out there and start dating again, and she was like, 60s, 70s maybe? It was, <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Um, she had told me like her husband had worked on the space shuttle to the moon, things like that, oh like crazy life, but yeah. to see that she was going through the same thing as me at, the same, at that time, where it's like, oh, I should get out there and date, and I'm like, but I don't need to, like, God's got this, it's fine, and then she's telling me the exact same thing, it's like, whoa, a stranger on a plane sitting next to me, like, going through a similar thing, we can talk about this, we can bond about this, and it was incredible just to have a conversation about it with someone who, you know, is a stranger, so it's like, I won't see them after this flight, but, like, let's right. talk about it, let's right. dive in, this is great practice, so yeah. that was that was an eye-opening experience to me, and just traveling and meeting people from other countries, and it's like, you're going through the same thing as me, like, someone who's on the other side of the world, so... That was, yeah, that's been cool where God just put the right people in my life to start making those connections of maybe my story isn't just for me. Maybe it can help other people, too. I like that. Yeah. Maybe my story isn't just for me. Yeah. And, yeah. When do you think that we start realizing that? How old, how old do we have to be? How much life do we have to be before we start realizing maybe my story doesn't have to be all about me? <laughs> I think it depends how mature you are. I feel like other people were probably way before me. <laughs> took me a long time. And I, my hunch is that it, it does, again, in, in a fallen world, it does require some seasons of disappointment. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I do think that there's just so many disappointments. I can remember being cut from the high school basketball team. Yep. You, you put all of your competitive energy into making this team so you have to you have to perform like you expect to be there yes but then you're not there yes you have to close the gap yep between your expectation and the assumption that drove you to to make the effort but now there's this gap and it's oftentimes for at least in my experience been an identity gap like, oh yeah i thought i was this but now i'm not this so how do I make sense of this? Mm -hmm. And so for all of us to have to go through some of these seasons. Yeah, they definitely help, but they hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, grow, that old growing pains thing, you know, yes. I was like, oh, my joints hurt. Well, why does my soul hurt? Yes. Because you're being stretched. Yes, you saying that just brought back me getting cut from my high school soccer team. <laughs> it's like, man, that was like one of the biggest disappointments at the time. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, maybe a couple of, of questions that you want uh, our viewers, listeners to, to wrestle with over this question of how does disappointment fuel our witness? Uh, what would you ask uh, us to consider? Yeah, I think, I think one of the things, again, is is there anyone in your life who's going through something similar and you can reach out to them? I know for me, now that I wrote a book about being single and breaking off an engagement, I have people talking to me about, oh, I have a friend who just went through that. And being available for those people of, oh, they can totally reach out to me, I'm willing to talk to them, things like that is super helpful. So being a little proactive about it is kind of nice to, to be able to do that. But I think in order to be able to do it, you have to have the right foundation of, you know, are you at peace with what God is doing? Are you Ooh. reaching that place? And if you're not, what are you struggling with and how can you work through that? Because for me, I literally wrote out post-it notes of everything I was struggling with to make my book and have to work through every single point that I was struggling with. And then once I got there, it's like, man, 
God's so good on all this, and I could have seen this, but I had to literally open the Bible, get into it, dig into it in order to convince myself and understand that, no, God is who he says he is. So I think first you got to kind of internally understand, you know, God is there, God understands all these things, and then you can help other people with that. That is a really big, <laughs> big one. Um <laughs> think of any number of, of times when when I have tried or other people have tried to be a help to somebody else when they are not yet at peace with God. Yes. And that's, I think, we're going back to that other one where we tend to then talk about, we start talking about us. Mm-hmm. Like if I've been running my mouth, it's probably because I'm not, I want to help you, right. but I'm not really at peace with where God is. There's, there's work that he's still doing. And not to say that this isn't part of the process, but mm-hmm. if you're going to purposefully try to seek that out seek it from a place of healing not in an effort to be healed yes that's a good point because you know when you have conversations with people and they always go back to the same issue every single conversation you're like this had nothing to do with like how does this have anything to do with this thing it's like yep you gotta you gotta heal that or not just you know harp on it because that's not gonna fix it well and i appreciate the way that you said it are you at peace with god about it Mm -hmm. and 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 being in a stronger foundation to be that kind of person for somebody or seeking to be that kind of person. Yes. And I think it's okay to struggle. Like you're not going to a hundred percent be good every day. Yeah, don't wait till you figure it all out before you. Yeah. Yeah. But I think at least having some of the steps of like, okay, I can see, you know, that God's in this or God, I can trust him. Just, you know, starting to take the steps and go from that place versus I have no idea type of place is, is way better. Yeah. Uh, one thing I would ask you guys to maybe think about too is I've I've grown quite a bit by this definition of uh, of what relationship is. That relationship comes from shared experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what makes it possible for you to have empathy because you've experienced something, and it's not the same as what I've experienced, but they can be similar experiences, or they have nuances that it's like I can't know where you're at, right. but I get where you're at. Yes. Yep, that's a good point. And as, as you talk, you can ask questions that just indicate that, no, I, I really, there is a level of understanding. So, mm-hmm. so you think about the, um, uh, if you're in a place where things are struggling, what are the shared experiences that you're having? Are they infrequent? Are they distant? Or are they quality, frequent? And if so, if, if something needs to change, understand it those shared experiences are the way that drive relationship, well, what is the foundation of that? Mm-hmm. That's why I think going back to what you said about the Christian community, why is God having God be a part of it? Yeah. It's the foundation of the relationship. Yes. And if you're built on that, a lot of these other things really can be used by God for healing. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, any other closing thoughts um, uh, before we sign off on this one? I think that's it for now. That's it for now. So yeah. if you haven't had a chance to get the book or read it, um, you can take a look. Where, I guess? Yeah, you can find it um, on Amazon or pretty much anywhere that books are sold. So it's called A Single Life to Live. And um, if you want to find too, I have a website, hannahshimmerhorn.com. So you can find everything there. I have social media too. So yeah, pretty much any of those places will take you to my book. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, thank you yes. for being with us. Of There's course. Like handshake and <laughs> friends. Give a hug later. But, yes. Uh, but thank you for spending time with us and diving into this topic. It's a blessing, and um, 
we're, we're cheering for you to see what is the next chapter that God will write in and through your life. Yeah. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me.